So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are back at it again. A special edition of Smack Talk coming off the heels of the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania, and what a weekend it was for WWE. Not only WrestleMania 39, but a huge, one of the biggest news stories in wrestling of the year, of the decade. Of course, Uh, I am uh, here. I would say it's all time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I I, I mean, Vince retiring was part... uh, Either or. But yes, I am here with the legendary manager, wrestler, creative mind. He is Dutch Mantel. How you doing, Dutch? Oh, I'm doing great. And uh, let's just start this off by talking about WrestleMania as the event. And as you know, I don't watch a lot of wrestling because I've already watched, I mean, live, probably 5,000, 6,000 matches. I may have had that many. I don't know. But for me to sit down and to watch two nights of of wrestling is unheard of. Because first of all, it's a commitment is what it is. It's four and a half hours, four hours or whatever it is. But I will say this, after watching it, they paced that show right. They had some great matches. It was entertaining and they held my attention for four hours, which is unheard of. And uh, and getting back to Vince, everybody thought he was gone, but he went back into his little cubby hole, and he figured a way back. And we see the results of that that came out yesterday. They sold the company for $9.3 billion. And I had been, everybody had been hearing just up to that point that it was only valued at six. Yeah. I mean, six billion, nine billion. I mean, that's a lot of money. But $9 billion. Now tell me this. The Endeavor, which is the company that bought them, took them over. They only took over 51%. Yes. How in the hell can you sell a company only 51% for $9 billion and retain 49%? That's a damn pretty good little stroke there. And I don't know if everybody saw the, the interview with Vince and Ari Emanuel, who is the one of the heads of in, Endeavor, but... It was it was a good interview. 
Well, and let's, let's lay it out for the the people watching because if they if they haven't been aware, it's the big news story of the week. Before we even get into WrestleMania, the day after WrestleMania thirty nine night two Monday morning, uh, April third, it was announced that the WWE sale, the thing that has been talked about for the past couple of months, it has finally went through as Endeavor announced that they were purchasing WWE and announced a formal merger between the WWE and the UFC to form a 21 plus million a billion dollar global live events and entertainment company like Dutch said the newly publicly listed company is to be 51% owned by Endeavor 49% owned by existing WWE shareholders in their press release it says Endeavor Group Holdings and World Wrestling uh, World Wrestling Entertainment Inc today announced that they have signed a definitive agreement to form a new publicly listed company consisting of two iconic complementary global sports and entertainment brands UFC and WWE upon close Endeavor will hold a 51% controlling interest in the new company and existing WWE shareholders will hold a 49% interest in the new company. Together, UFC and WWE will have a global reach, impressive scale, and omni-channel distribution. On a combined 2022 fiscal year and basis, UFC and WWE achieved revenue of $2.4 billion and a 10% annual revenue growth rate since 2019. So it's the big news of the week. Like you said, Vince McMahon and Ari Emanuel had an interview with CNBC to further talk about things. Vince McMahon sent out a public uh, email to the WWE employees about this big sale. Uh, what do you think overall? Do you think that this was the best move for WWE? And how do you think this merger with UFC will impact what we see week to week, day to day in WWE? I don't think it will impact what we see, but it will impact how business is done because the company Endeavor, I, I actually, believe it or not, I, I researched them a little bit. Brother, I mean, they're, they're deep. They do more than just UFC fighting. They do fashion. They, do, they represent singers. They, they do all kind of stuff. So... With that, I, I don't know if they call that the back office, but with what else they do, it fits in perfectly with WWE. Also, since they have so many links to all the other entertainment forms, that speaks well for all the WWE talent that may want to get in something else because now this company is aware of them. They are aware of the company. And I think it's a great, great move for WWE. And, like I said, who's sitting right in the middle of it? Oh, Vincent McMahon is still sitting in that chair. Now, in watching WrestleMania, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit. You know, Shane McMahon had an injury. So, and when I saw him come out, I'm sitting there, of course, I didn't, I didn't know he was there. Nothing came out that said he was there. And when I saw him, I went, okay, something's up now. Because he appears out of nowhere. 
and he's doing his stuff and down the ring, and then he blows his knee out, which is embarrassing. And kudos to Snoop Dogg and the Miz because they covered it up. Yeah. And but did you see the you, you see the footage of them helping Chain into the back? It, it, it was it was I really felt sorry for it really. But I, mean, I noticed he when he got blown, he looked blown up when he was going to the ring. No kidding. He got in the ring and he took my <laughs> hell. He sounded like me doing an interview out there after I walked to the ring. <laughs> okay, but that long stage, man, that long stage will do it to you. That's why the Undertaker okay. does a does a nice slow walk. Oh, I'm, I swear to God, I think I could go to the store and back. You know, when Roman Reigns started down that long ramp, doing that, hell, it took him ten minutes. Took Cody five, so it was 15 minutes before they even got into the match. But hey, it was a uh, it was a great WrestleMania. And uh, what do you think the the best match was? And I'll tell you who I think. Well, we'll get into that just to further wrap up the whole Endeavor deal. Uh, the new management team following the merger with UFC uh, is going to see Ari Emanuel, who is the Endeavor CEO. He's not going to be the new company's CEO. Vince McMahon is uh, officially the new company's executive chairman of board uh it was before wrestlemania he signed a two-year contract that with the uh and the filing was made with the sec under the wwe that would make him an employee with wwe for two years max uh under this new contract that he has mark shapiro who is endeavor coo will be the coo and president of the new company jason lubin it will be endeavor cfo andrew shamelier some uh will be the new company's CFO. Dana White will remain as the UFC president and Lawrence Epstein will be UFC's COO while Nick Khan will, will now be WWE's president instead of the CEO. So it, it's a big news and then following up from that before we even get into WrestleMania because er everybody is really talking about like what you said, you said that there was a red flag during WrestleMania with Shane McMahon coming back. There was several red flags, which we'll get into with WrestleMania, but it has now been confirmed by Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer, as well as Mike Johnson on PW Insider following Monday Night Raw, the, the Raw after WrestleMania, that Vince McMahon is officially back in creative he was behind this he had more input than has been uh since his retirement back in july of 2022 he was fully integrated into the creative for monday night raw making several changes cutting uh two women's matches and putting the woman into like the, the i think the second or the third hour of the show uh pw insider wrote in their report that triple h was on the headsets running raw but as the taping went on, Vince McMahon was more involved as the point person of the show. There was a negative shift in morale among talent as they realized that things were going to go back to exactly where they were before Triple H was placed in the CCO position. 
This is something that we have kind of alluded to ever since Mystic Man pushed his way back into the company in January. And this is something that I know you have said you have dreaded would happen because you have been enjoying Triple H as the head of creative. What do you think about this huge news with Mystic Man taking over the point person position for the Raw after Mania following the announcement of the sale? Well, the point person of the show, that's one thing. But the actual creating, I mean, the stories, that's what I'm worried about. But I don't think, I even think Vince has to say, you know, they got this pointed in the right direction. Let me, and I don't know why he would want that anyway. Don't you think his plate would be full with all these other responsibilities he has? Then he's going to try to go out there and all of a sudden write this stuff. Uh, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna see that much change because I think in the last and we've talked about this on a Friday night show nine months ago it was like oh God over and over and over and over it's like we were just watching reruns we didn't even have to watch the show we could just see you could actually read a readout of, of what happened and say, it, it, it wasn't interesting, but I will say this. I haven't been this excited for wrestling in years because this is what wrestling used to be because now it was exciting to watch it. And, and Raw was exciting. I didn't watch it, but I, I was in, I was doing something on my computer, but I have some <clears throat> friends here and they watched it and they were going crazy. I was hearing them from the other room. That's what, you want people to do when they're watching wrestling. I did hear Triple H give, uh, I guess they had a, a scrum, I guess. Yeah, they like had a post-show press conference. When did they just start this? Recently? Or they, have they, they, been started doing this, they actually started this last year, I believe, around around pretty much around the time Triple H took over, if I remember correctly. Uh, I know the Survivor Series show had the post-media scrum. So uh -huh. it's something since, at, at the very least, since Survivor Series they've been doing. But, but anyway, the, the point I was getting to was he described wrestling – it's what I always thought it would be. Because when I was in Puerto Rico, I employed the same thing that he talked about. The story is never finished. Because I never wrapped up a story. And apparently he's not going to wrap up a story. And the reason I came to that conclusion in the first place is wrestling fans don't forget. They do not forget. They said, wait a minute. That doesn't make, weren't they just hating each other three weeks ago? And all of a sudden now they, th but if you have a story that connects that, that in the fans' minds makes sense, that's why the story doesn't finish. Even when I would, what they call blow off angles, I never really blew them off. I blew them off in a way that it looked like it was gone, but yet always the opportunity existed for me to bring it back and I'd bring it back in two or three weeks because why throw away uh, a, a setup, a matchup that, that was profitable. You need to go back to it, give it a little break and then come back to it. But that was the first time that I've ever heard anybody in power 
in a booking position say the story is never finished because I've always, always believed that. But <clears throat> this whole setup with the WWE is, it, it, I think it's one of the biggest things that's happened to wrestling since it started with this merger. And we'll, we'll see where it, where it goes. But I, I, And you talk about morale being bad. I think that WWE talent, they need to look at that check and say, well, I, it was, I, I don't feel really comfortable, but this makes me feel a lot better. It ain't that you know, bad. It ain't that no, it, bad. it ain't that damn bad. You look at a check for like 40 grand or whatever they're making. I mean, come on. And people that still talk about the morale was down. Well, ask about Sami Zayn. One of was his morale down. Or Kevin Owens, or the Usos, or Romans, or Cody's. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. What has morale really got to? <clears throat> and I can see morale when it's down. I can, but now they're up. So I would highly encourage those WWE guys to keep that morale under wraps and act happy as a lark. When you walk in that dressing room, chipping you, do 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 die, let's go. What are we doing today? And see, they haven't been in places where the morale is really bad, like in the old territory days when you're starving down near. Well, you weren't starving to death, but you know you weren't making any money. That's when morale is bad. I've seen some guys' morale is bad. One guy was making a trip, and guess what? He just passed the town and kept going. They went home. <laughs> No, that, that's when that's when that's when morale is bad. So, I, I okay, think, I think they they thought that you know they were in a new world with Triple H in charge, and they're no, they realized that stuff is going to possibly going back to being the same. But I don't that, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, you said that you you know people that enjoyed Monday Night Raw. Overall, there hasn't been the best uh, uh, reaction to Monday Night Raw, but we'll get into that. Let's get into WrestleMania 39, which the big talking point has to do with the end of Night Two after uh, a months and months of building up Cody yep. Rhodes to be the man to end the 945 day reign of Roman Reigns the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns was able to defeat Cody Rhodes thanks to an assist from Solo Sokoa it was it was undeniably a great matchup between the two men you had the the Usos getting involved Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn we'll talk about their match from night 1 but it was a great match. It just feels like a lot of people were very disappointed by what was a flat finish to the show and to the journey and the story of Cody Rhodes becoming the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. What was your reaction, and what do you think about the reaction from the fans that have re really been di expressing disappointment due to this result? Again, the story is never finished. If all of a sudden Cody comes out of nowhere, and it, it could have happened. You remember people were screaming to death about Sami Zayn in Montreal. Yeah. Oh, my God. Even Meltzer and what's the other guy's name? Alvarez. Alvarez. They were saying, oh, what a great spot. And so, and it was. I'm not taking anything away from what they said. But I think Cody... If you really think about it, 
I mean, this is an angle that they're really, really interested in. I don't think the, the interest is going to go away. I don't. And, uh, but for him to win it, now they got to restart. they got to reset the players. they got to reset it because it doesn't have that same edge to it if he had won. Now it still has the edge, and, that, and they're going to play off that. Remember, this, uh, Triple H said it right, the story is never finished. But I smell a rat here. You know, they're betting on wrestling now. And the heavy money was all on Cody. What do you think? And all of a sudden, ain't Roman wins. I think we might need an investigation into that. Well, they haven't they haven't uh, completed <laughs> their legalized betting in the United States. They can you can legally bet on it. Uh, I know uh, like DraftKings, different apps, but it's mostly in the UK that they can bet on it. I mean, that's that's a very interesting. I know there's some people that have said that uh, with the conspiracy or questioning things, saying that this feels like a Vince McMahon decision to keep the title on Roman Reigns. I mean, you know me, Dutch, since Cody won at the Royal Rumble, I've been one of the people on wrestling YouTube. I've been preaching that WWE probably is more concerned about the Roman getting to a thousand days more than they are about satisfying the fans of Cody. And I also thought that the Cody story needed some adversity. It just felt too easy for everything that's happened with Cody. And he, you're right. You are good. To, he came back to WWE. He gets the big, you know, return at WrestleMania 38. He beat Seth Rollins three times in a row. He's undefeated. He has the great moment at Boom. Hell in a Cell with the injury. He's out for eight months. He comes back from injury in the Royal Rumble. He gets the number 30 spot in the Royal Rumble. And then he wins the whole thing. Then the whole build up to WrestleMania. He, Roman Reigns did nothing but just basically say nothing to the responses Cody Rhodes had. He made Cody Rhodes feel like it was like the biggest challenge of his whole reign so it just didn't feel like the adversity that is all about cody's story everything that we knew about cody before he made his return to wwe is all about him overcoming stuff is climbing up that hill and getting to the top and getting pushed back but still getting back up it just didn't have that so i actually am one of the people that agree with the decision for roman reigns to win i just feel that it could have been done better with how Solo Sokoa was thrown from ringside, and then he comes back, and he's the reason why Cody left. It could have been done better. Yeah, that was a – so you got to be very careful with a finish like that. you got to be very careful. Otherwise, I don't think they should have had the – and this may be worse, but they had two or three interference in, in that. Yeah. Should have called a DQ, but that is a flat finish. A DQ. Yes. So I would have had him almost have Roman going and just one time, maybe the Usos come in there because he had him beat with his deal. I mean, I think there was a better way to do that. But of course, I'm talking hindsight now. But you got to be very careful on big shows doing screw finishes. I'm going to go back when I booked Puerto Rico. I didn't do screw finishes. Basically, I put 
the baby faces over almost every night except for title matches. Then that's when I really worked worked uh, like a layered finish. I would work one there. But most of the time, you know, I'd leave the fans happy and let them go home happy. Because, and I, I say this all the time, if that doesn't work, you got 51 more weeks in the year to fix it and get it back on track. So, but great match, great setup, as the whole show was, I thought. But I think there might have been a better way to do that. And I do agree with you. I think the the long-term money and the ratings, and because this is a TV business. People don't watch, you don't make no money. But I, I think it hit Blaze exactly as you said, with Roman still being the champion and going toward the thousand days. So, and that's a great story. Now, in Cody's def- defense, he comes back. Now he has to climb that mountain again because he's not just climbing the mountain for himself, he's climbing the mountain for Dusty, too. So, you're getting new fans. And you're getting the older fans involved in the story because he, Dusty never made it up that mountain. But Cody wants to make it up for the family. And let's see what he does with it. It's a, it's a great story. And I preached this before. They've had patience. Patience to let it sit in. Sit in, sit in. Now if somebody is talking about Cody Rhodes, now you associate him with struggle. He just didn't have it handed to him, even though he had his almost his. And I brought this up the other day: the, the nepotism involved in Cody and Dustin, because their daddy was in it, and now they do have talent. That's what kept them around. But I, I think that Dusty has. I mean, I told Cody has a. How old is Cody? Thirty-seven, thirty-six. I believe he's thirty-six. Okay. Well, he's still got a long time, and I really liked his progress. I like the way he works. I like his interviews because there's no bull crap to him. He speaks directly from the heart, and I think people understand that. And he did get a hell of a reaction when he came to that ring at WrestleMania. So 75,000 people, I mean, they don't get up and scream for nothing. But do I mean, you think that when I when I would go to the ring, they would get up and throw stuff. You know, that's when I was a good guy. That's when I was bait face. Do you think WWE can get Cody as hot as he was going into WrestleMania again if he is the guy that is going to down the line be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns? And do you think he is the guy yes. that should dethrone Roman Reigns? Well, he is now because they've done all this work. They've done all this backstory, all this, you know. And I actually think the injury helped Cody because it took him out at a bad time when creative was all over the place. So him having the hurt shoulder removed him from that. So, therefore, he didn't get any of the uh, of the flack from it, and he just coasted right through it. But I will say that was a terrible injury. And that he had to rehab from, and he came back. And yeah, I think, I think he's hot. I think I don't know if he can get much hotter, but I guess he can, because people cheer for the underdog, and they may just make him. I mean, the underdog city, 
and then see where it takes him. And, and all this has done to Roman is make him hotter too. Because I hadn't seen a heel that hot in WWE in years. Because they took their time with it. Remember, the story is never finished. They've gotten him back to like just getting probably 100% of booze. For a little while there, he was getting the mixed reaction. There were some people that just, you know, are starting to cheer him because he's so good at what he does. But they've gotten him back to 100% booze due to this loss. So I do agree with you there. We should also bring up going kind of. Uh, before we get back to the rest of the WrestleMania card or the major points from WrestleMania, we got to bring up what they did with Cody on the Raw after WrestleMania. They had him, you know, come out and challenge Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa to a tag team matchup. Paul Heyman put up the stipulation that uh, the tag team partner had to wrestle on the WrestleMania card, and it had to be, and if they were going to be Cody Rhodes' tag team partner, they could never challenge Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship while he is champion, and none other than Brock Lesnar made the call to be Cody's partner because Brock already can't get another shot at Roman Reigns due to his loss back at SummerSlam last year. We were going to get the big matchup at the end of the show. And as they're doing the introductions, they introduce Cody Rhodes. Brock Lesnar turns on Cody Rhodes, gives him a hell of a beating, F5 through the table, F5 on steel steps, lays out <laughs> Cody Rhodes, and now uh. it seems that Cody is going to have a detour before he gets back to Roman Reigns. He's now feuding with Brock Lesnar. Do you think this was a good decision to keep Cody at a top position against Brock while holding off on the rematch against Roman? My only question there is, where does Roman go? That is a good question. Where does he go? Because the bench was slim to begin with. So if he's not going up against Cody, who's he going to go up with? I mean, they've worn out Sheamus. But, hey, remember now, they got another wild card that's in there they can play, Gunther. And that Gunther. I heel versus heel, though. No, I, I wouldn't do that. But I, I think by his victory at WrestleMania – I mean, they're going to really get behind that guy. No, he won't go against Roman because you would have heel versus heel. I think you do. If you booked them together, you'd be doing damage to both of them. I got I mean, the guy. I got the guy that they could pick. Who is it? Roman. Uh, this who? is a nice segue to talk about one of the top matches from WrestleMania, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is the only guy during this 900 and now 47 day reign by the time we're talking here. I don't know when this this video will go up. Uh, he's the only guy that Roman has faced but never beat it because he faced him back at Royal Rumble 2022. He locked him in the guillotine. Seth was able to get to the roast, but Roman wouldn't release. Roman was disqualified during the matchup, beat the hell out of Seth Rollins with a steel chair, and they have yet to revisit that. Now, 14, 15 months later. That's a good That's a good idea. They've yet to revisit that, and Seth is coming off a huge victory at WrestleMania against Logan Paul. I thought that this was like sports entertainment 
uh, like chef's kiss yep. brilliance with it where you had you know logan paul with the over-the-top entrance coming down on the zip line he comes out with the prime energy drink mascot which is revealed to be fellow youtuber ksi so a big pop for the kids in the crowd you know ksi ksi gets put through a table with some of the best timing that i've seen on a table spot where you put your own uh, partner through a table seth rollins gets the win <laughs> with the curb stomp let's talk about you know this matchup what this victory will mean for seth rollins if he is going to be the guy that they put in the position against roman reigns and what do you think overall about logan paul just being such a natural when it comes to timing when it comes to heel work his athleticism he seems like one of the best signings wwe has had in years well first of all he's an athlete <coughs> secondly about he gets it he gets what needs to be done. He's not a prima donna. He's not all wrapped up into himself. <laughs> and he'll work for the match instead of just himself. That's proven by, by having Seth, you know, he did the honors for, for Seth. And uh, how much how much is he locked in for? How long? They said when he signed in 2022 that it was a multi-year deal, but then uh, Logan Paul came out before WrestleMania saying that his contract was up after WrestleMania. So it seems like it's kind of up in the air, but I think he's going to stick around. Even if his contract is up, I think WWE would be stupid not to resign. And I think he also understands about this new relationship with WWE and Endeavor that it will help him in the long run. He's a social media influencer. And what better partners can he ask for than Endeavor? Because they got all the connections. So it's almost like some some guys are just too lucky. He got in at the right time. Endeavor come along at the right time. And I think it's going to benefit everybody. We'll, ha we'll have to see. So going back to that morale question, these guys need to shut up. And just see where the where all this new relationship leads them personally. So, and I, uh, uh, Logan Paul is a great athlete. I like the match. I did like the uh, off the top pull KSI in the way. Boom! You didn't expect that, but he was shooting over. It made sense. It made it make sense. He's shooting like coming right at me, and all of a sudden, boom! Hey, that. That dive off the top rope is not easy. No. I, 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 you couldn't melt and pour me up there. I mean, if somebody told me years ago, jump off the top rope and I'll move and you go through a table. I said, you got to lose. You lost your mind. If you think I'm getting up there, I'm just not doing it. That, that was never my style anyway. But, hey, he was born for it. Come right off, great spot. And I think this helps uh, Seth Rollins because it damn sure doesn't hurt him. And now that I, I think this, this victory means a lot on the big stage, and we'll see where it leads him. I think yeah. WWE, they left WrestleMania in the best shape than I've ever seen them leave a WrestleMania. 
Yeah, especially night one. I thought night one was one of the best WrestleMania cards and uh, shows that they've ever put together. Uh, talking about another great matchup on the card was uh, Ray versus Dominic Mysterio, uh, the the battle of father versus son. Superstar entrances for both guys with yep. Dominic having the little mini video of him coming out the prison and being escorted <laughs> to the to the ring by the officer. Okay, give me give me the prison. Give me the prison reference. What is that? That's from uh, basically they did a social media video around Christmas Eve where Dom and Rhea, uh, the the Mysterio grandparents' house, they got into a whole altercation with Ray and Angie, and the cops came and they arrested Dom. And then ever since then, Dom has been basically acting like he's a gangster that's been in he's an ex convent, but he was only in prison for like a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. Like tear, he has like the teardrop, like people in prison has. So that that's what the whole thing is. And then he came out with the cuffs, comes out with the Mysterio mask. You got Ray who comes out in a low ride with Snoop Dogg in Los Angeles coming out to nothing but a G thing by Snoop, transitioning into the Eddie theme, transitioning into his theme. They have a great uh, very heavy story beat type of matchup where Ray whips Dom with with his own belt. You get the moment where uh, Dom uh, throws a drink into his sister's face. He uh, gets the advantage after that. Then he gets in his mom's face and he tells her to shut up and the mom slaps Dom in the face. Judgment Day get involved. That leads to LWO, Legado del Fantasma, getting involved to take them out. And then uh, Dom tries to cheat with his steel chain brought to the ring by Damian Priest. But yep. Bad Bunny takes the chain from him, Bad Bunny, who was on Spanish commentary, and that leads to Ray getting the win with the 619 and the Frog Splash. Just This was just a matchup that exceeded Great. anyone's Great. expectation and had the crowd deeply involved. Great finish. Great finish. Even though you had interference, Ray still won. Yeah. So you can overlook that. As long as he wins, that's what, you know, the, and the fans pop to that. And it got Bad Bunny uh, involved because they're going to Puerto Rico May 6th for a big show there. That will completely sell out at that Roberto Clemente. I guess they give it another name now, but they have a, a really big, big arena there. It's like 20,000 seats. It's huge. Uh, they used to call it Roberto uh, Clemente Coliseum. I don't know. They may have given it another name. But but by the same token, i, I got to bring this up. I had a sellout there, too. I booked this card. Much like I just stacked the card with all my angles. <laughs> Sold out. And those people in Puerto Rico are loud. Really, really loud. So... I'm looking forward to that uh, May 6th card. What's the name of that? That's Backlash. That's the Backlash. Okay. Yeah. They'll do the, they'll do great there. But this this Ray thing, that, I, I'm agreeing with you. It was a it involved family, which involves everybody. You've seen a, a smart ass kid. You want to see him get put in his place. And that Dom is really he's transitioned to being a heel. You can't like him because he's such a smart ass. And you feel like he needs to be put in his place. And him telling his mom to shut up, every kid has done that or wanted to. Then the daddy's trying to discipline him. And it was great because it, it involves everybody. And very emotional story. And the sister there too. So 
I enjoyed that. Really good. And then if they followed up on it on the Raw after WrestleMania with Bad Bunny in the front row, Dom tries to get in his face after costing his dad a match against Austin Theory, and uh, Bad Bunny punches him in the face. Bad Bunny's former partner at WrestleMania 37, Damian Priest gets involved. He lays out Bad Bunny and then choke slams him through a table, a great bump through the table. And this seems to set up Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio and Bad bunny at backlash and yeah i i think that that is going to be equally as fun as the raid versus yeah. Dom match was the story never ends right yep. they just transition off that and just add a layer to it and now they work on this for a month or so and who knows maybe they'll play it by ear now see that uh, that old thing of laying out stuff months and months in advance that's all fluid anyway it changes as it goes. When you see a reaction, this may change. That may change. Everything is, everything will change. Now, Vince, when he was the booker, see, he's not in these live events. So he doesn't know how the, sometimes just the, of the ages telling him, but he doesn't know the reaction of the people. If you're there reading the room, reading the heat in the room, and if you listen if you listen to the people, they'll tell you where to go. You don't even got to be that good at it, but they'll say, well, they want it to go this way. And only with experience do you know, well, let's go that way, but let's, oop, let's put a little screw right here. And it gets them because it keeps them interesting. Yeah. See, how many... How many movies have you have you seen that just have the same format? Good guy, bad guy, and the bad guy, the good guy wins at the end. But if they throw some swerves in there, I mean, the the good guy can go over, but yet he he suffered to get there. So they got a lot of stories going now. I mean, we could sit here and talk till the sun comes up about all the different avenues they have to go down now and this didn't just happen overnight this happened over the last eight months since triple h took over creative and i think the first thing triple h had to do with creative is is change their morale change their mindset because i think vince had them thinking a, a certain way and everything they did wasn't good enough but triple h that's not his personality i mean I've heard a long time ago, the worst idea ever presented is the one that's not presented. So unless you present it, and the way creative works is, say we're, we're in creative, right? And I say, what about if this happened? And then you go, hmm, that's a good idea. Well, what if this happened right before that? Okay. Somebody else says, okay, and then this then when you throw all that together, they present it to Triple H, and he makes the call. But you've had a, a, a you group sourced. That's what creative is. It's a group source, which I, I kind of don't like sometimes, because I've been on some creative teams. You would a table, say of eight guys. Yeah, I could see a, a, an idea start here and go around the table and just go down 
and everybody takes it and either adds or subtracts. By the time it came around the table to the first guy, I've seen it sometimes where actually the participants have changed. <laughs> so you can't have too much input, but I think you just have your top guys putting the input in and then Triple H make, making the final decision. I think that's the way it works, and it works the best. But the, but the Rey Mysterio, the Mysterio uh, story, that's, that's the type that doesn't burn out quick, and they can keep it going. I'll say it again. Story never ends. One thing that Triple H has been getting criticized with as far as his booking in the last couple of months, and especially during the lead-up to WrestleMania, was the women's title feuds going into WrestleMania. On night two, you had Bianca Belair defeating Asuka in what turned out to be a very great match. Another match that had some superstar entrances with the multiple Oscars, and then Bianca coming out with the Divas of Compton, including a young contortionist who was the star of that whole kind of set piece that they did. Her mother unfortunately passed away, showing so much strength during that entrance there, seeming so happy to be in that moment with Bianca. And then Bianca and Asuka pulling out a great matchup on the WrestleMania stage, Mm -hmm. overcoming what was a lackluster build. But the other match that we're going to really talk about here is from night one, which I know you told me before we we started recording This was your match of the weekend with the two WrestleMania cards, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, which they 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 nearly stole the show. They they really put one out there and had one of the best women's matches in WrestleMania history with Rhea Ripley winning against Charlotte Flair with an avalanche riptide for the win. What did you think about this matchup and why was it your opinion the best match of WrestleMania weekend? Well, first of all, I didn't have high expectations for it because I'm not a really a Charlotte Flair fan, so to speak. And I am more of a Rhea Ripley fan. But then as the match started, now I saw the, the, the maturity of Charlotte Flair. She took her time, and they didn't get in a hurry. And they, after a while, you go, wait, wait a minute. Now, I'm watching it as a fan. Now, I don't know the finish. I don't want to know the finish. I want to sit there like a fan and enjoy the match. And I do think that's the best woman's match I've ever seen because of, of the way they did it. And this had to be Charlotte Flair. She was, she was, she paced it, and Rhea followed her. I mean, it was you'd you'd have to see it. The one move that stands out, and I'm sure you move it, you remember, is the back, the belly to back suplex. The German suplex. She turned, landed on her face. Yes. No, she landed on her head. But I think because both these girls are tall. And I think Charlotte pushed, and when she was taking her, when Rhea was taking her, and they over-rotated, I think, and she landed, on, and she cut her nose. Yeah. So, but I've never, I've never seen that in a girl's match. I haven't seen it many times in a guy's match, in a men's match. 
But, and it was the right time to switch that title. Because Charlotte, how long has she been there? 14 years or so? Uh, she's been there. I know she's, I think she started in the Performance Center 2012. So just over 10 years. 10 years. Well, she's been there a long time. Yeah. But in 10 years, WWE can wear you out. I mean, if you're there, now she has an opponent that can go for a while while they build these other girls. Now, you, you're, you're talking about uh, they haven't really spent a lot of time with the girls. And Ronda Rousey came out, I think, last week and yeah. blasted octogenarians that still think they're hip and cute. I would remind little Miss Goldilocks there, she better temper that tongue just a little bit. Because it's a good thing that uh, that they came along after her UFC career was over. Since she beat those, remember she beat those two challengers like she got them on the mat, they tapped out. Then she met that Holly, Hollis girl or whatever her name was. Holly Holmes. Oh, and just, she just straightened one out on her and knocked her out. And, from then, and then she lost the next one. So by and large, her UFC career was finished. So I, I would think don't knock the hand that feeds you because and I don't think I don't think she's had a, gr a great hand. She's nowhere close to uh, to Rhea Ripley or Charlotte Flair. Nowhere close. She can do the UFC stuff. And she can be a good heel because people legitimately don't like her. I used to complain that when she would come out of the on um, SmackDown or Raw, she would come out the gate, and she was smiling and waving. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Then you get in the ring, and now you want people to hate you. Don't you think you would come out from the door in a badass mood? Say, so what the hell is she mad about? And you know, she was shaking kids' hands. Bad people don't do that. Well, I mean, they're heels. They're heels. She was a baby face when she was doing the smiling, but they were reacting to her like she was a heel. Well, anyway, but but anyway, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. I would say that's the match of the weekend, which completely surprised me because, like I said, I didn't have high hopes for them either, and they proved me wrong. I did pick the winner. Hey, I only missed one out of the out of the whole WrestleMania. Nice. I, I, I missed the Roman Reigns because well, everything well everything that, that told told me that he was going over it was because of the way they were treating it. But they that they performed and they accomplished what they set out to do. And I, believe me, fans that don't like it. That attention span is like to the next TV show. Really. Very rare I say this. Like I said, I thought the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Flair match was superb. One of the best women's matches in WrestleMania history. I think the, the two others I would put in that conversation is with Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair last year with Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks from WrestleMania 37. I think those are the three greatest women's matches of all time. Rhea and Charlotte definitely showed out 
but I don't even think that was the best match on their show of WrestleMania night one. I think it was stopped by the main event of WrestleMania night one, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn Mm -hmm. versus the Usos. I thought that this was the best tag team match in WWE history. I think that you had the story, you had the buildup, you had an invested crowd. Crowd started off quiet, but as each near fall happened, they got bigger and bigger. Uh, we got the the super kick party, the Usos becoming the Young Bucks. I know you sometimes don't like when people use uh, too many super kicks, and the Usos went spamming on super. Oh yeah, they went crazy on it. But but uh-huh. it was like it was like the passion of Sami Zayn, where they were just they took out Kevin Owens and they just beat the hell out of Sami Zayn with super kick after super kick, and every kick out was just more dramatic than the next, got a bigger reaction than the next. And the way Sami Zayn sold this beating, I, I know you, you're you you call me an historian. It was Sami Zayn selling like Terry Funk. It was the mm-hmm. drunken stumbles into the ropes. It was just the, the the wobbly legs. He just sold it so well. It built to two great hot tags where you got the hot tag to Kevin Owens. Then later on, Kevin Owens got beat down. He almost looked like he was lost. He got the double Uso splash when he kicks out. Sami Zayn kicked out of the 1D, which has been one of the most protected finishing moves in WWE. But Kevin Owens, you know, survived the beat down from the Usos. He hits the Fisherman Buster on Jey Uso. He gets the hot tag to Sami Zayn. And then that last, like, two, three minutes was some of the best I've seen in a WrestleMania main event. The close-up on Sami Zayn looking so determined the first haluva kick to jay and then he catches jay in his arms shades of what he did with kevin owens at survivor series and battlegrounds back in 2016 he puts jay back into the corner gives him a second haluva kick catches him again and tells him um this is over for you puts him back into the corner a third haluva kick one two three this was one of the best endings to a wrestlemania show since brian danielson daniel bryan back at wrestlemania 30 that that was my match mm-hmm. of the week. I I I gave that five stars. I thought it was a perfect match in every way. What did you think about the main event of night one of WrestleMania? Well, tremendous, tremendous. But I expected them to have that type match. Cause you know how long the, the preparation for this match has been going on. A full year, probably three, four. Well, the actual guys talking. Oh yeah, yeah. At least four months. Hey, listen. So when you take those guys with all their experience and they put it all together, of course, Sammy and Kevin brought all their Ring of Honor experience. They brought all of that together, put it together with the – and the Usos, they didn't have that experience. But yet, I I think Sammy and Kevin, I think they had – more experience, but the, the Uso is not far behind. So I expected this type of performance from them. And I also knew that the crowd would energize them. And they, and they got a great story. Because Sammy has suffered. He is the, like you say, the, the Terry Fox sale, the stumbling around and but Sammy has suffered through all this. They beat the crap out of him, and Kevin turned his back on him. And hey, I don't, you know, I can't trust you. And and then finally, when they get together, and they told these stories at the right time, 
So now you can see, and to put the belts on them right now uh, is the right move to make. Because now it legitimizes them in the eyes of the fans. And we'll see where it, where it, where it leads them. I do see down the line when Cody is suffering and trying to get back, I do see a great uh, interview with Sammy and Cody where Sammy comes up to him and tells him, hey, don't give up. Don't give up because look at me. And he said, I love you, brother. I think people would buy that because he he's basing that on what he went through and he wants Cody to do it too. And whether they use that or not, I don't know. And but that, I did that's a great idea because that's a reversal of how Cody uh, gave Sammy the pep talk before Elimination Chamber and how Cody brought together Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn during the build up to WrestleMania. So that See, would be a great I, I, idea. I didn't even know that till you told me. But then again, now we can go back and because the fans don't forget. They don't forget. And when Sammy goes up to return the favor, to Cody, ah, it'd be a great deal. And I think people would feel that because you got to get them here. Once you get them in the heart, you got them. You can do anything. In Puerto Rico, I would tell those stories. People would be, they would be crying in the, in the seats because the Puerto Rican people, they are very emotional, especially when it comes to family. And, and I did see some tears in that WrestleMania crowd, too. Yeah. Because when you got them crying, brother, you got them. I mean, you have touched them here. You've touched them deep. And you can do anything with them as long as you don't. Remember Mo saying they'll believe? Do you give them a reason to disbelieve? And the emotional thing, that they're believing that. To make them disbelieve it would take a lot of work. So... But I congratulate those four guys. They they really performed. And that's that's your match of the weekend. That's yeah, that, that probably is like and you and I told you before we started recording, I watched a lot of shows this weekend. That was the one that got me, like you said, in the fields. It got me in the heart. I so I, I <laughs> Did you cry? Them. No, I Did didn't you cry. cry. I didn't cry, oh. but I've watched Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens since they were El Generico and Kevin Steen <laughs> in Ring of Honor back in 2007 when I was just yeah. 19 years old. So to see them go to the grandest stage, be in the main event, and win, that that's like that was one of my, my favorite all-time moments as a wrestling fan. But we got to wrap things up, Dutch. I know you want to talk about this matchup because this was another match that I think was just slightly better than Rhea and Charlotte as well. And probably my second favorite match of the whole weekend, Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew loved McIntyre. It. I absolutely love this one. What loved did you it. think about Gunther retaining the gold in this hard-hitting, slap-the-chest yep. type of matchup? That was the only outcome that would be acceptable. Because to get off the, the Gunther bandwagon now is the worst possible time. Because I have described him as the Johnny Valentine of their modern day era. Because people kind of believe Gunther. Because he's not flashy. He just beats the living crap out of you. 
And you got to watch his opponents because, you know, some opponents, they don't like to get beat up. But Seamus doesn't mind it. McIntyre doesn't mind it. And they're the, the best opponents for him. I heard in that stadium he could hit some of those shots on him and you could hear it to the top. Is that true? That's a long way. That's what I heard from people. And now, if it was me, he hit me a couple of times like that. I said, "Well, you got it. You you want this? You want this match this bad? <laughs> Time out. I'm leaving. Just give it to him. Hell with this." But Gunther has so much upside to him; it's it's unbelievable. Now you look at their bench. Their bench looks a lot better now than it did eight months ago. Now they have some heels. They have some baby faces. But before, they, they were just, they were, they were retreading everything. And it's hard to get somebody, after you've cooled off on them, it's hard to get them hot again. Now, Cody got hot because he was new. And now if they keep this story going, he'll, he'll, he'll be hotter. So, what else did you like about the weekend? I just thought, like I said, I thought night one was one of the best WrestleMania cards they've ever put together. I think it's right up there with the, the greatest, like 17, 19, 30, and then I would put night one of WrestleMania 39. Uh, night two was not as good, but I think that was just down to, you know, the result of the main event and some of the matches that I thought would be better not really delivering. One last thing that I wanted to bring up, one last match from the WrestleMania two-night event, Austin Theory defeating John Cena to retain the United States Championship. This was my only nitpick of night one of WrestleMania, Dutch, because I feel that the promo that we've been talking about, we talked about previously the last time we did pre-recorded content, talking about that promo that broke down Austin Theory and the line that John Cena said, where he said, even if you beat me, you're not, you're still not going to prove anything. And that's how I felt after the matchup, because the matchup, how it was booked with Cena putting Austin Theory in the STF with the referee down and the fans seeing Austin Theory tap out and then getting a low blow and hitting his move one, two, three. It didn't feel like John Cena put in the maximum effort to put him over and make him feel like a star. And then when Theory won, I was just like, what did this prove? I didn't really think Theory got much out of it. What did you think? Well, all he got out of it really was bragging rights. I have, I, I beat, I beat John Cena at WrestleMania. Have you done that? So that's all he got out of it. But he can use that to the day he dies. And I think that match, they did it as best as they could. Austin Theory is another kid. When I was with TNA, people still remember that, he did send his promotional material. I was going to book the kid, and I forgot who else booked him. I, I called him, and he said he was already booked. But I could see just looking at him that he had something that could be manipulated and used, and he'd get over Because he has, he has a different look to him. And now I think he is... They got a long run with him, too. So just handled him right. And now with this new uh, engagement with Endeavor, I think everybody benefits. 
I think this is one of the best weeks WWE has had probably since their inception. Not only for just the company, but for the talent too. I'm very excited to see where WWE goes now. And I hadn't been this excited for wrestling in years. And I, I'm, I'm glad they're doing this. Because now, you know, you used to have people out, have friends, ah, oh, that wrestling, I don't want to. See. But now they watch it, and now they're kind of getting excited because they're doing it to what I call the old way of doing it. They're telling a story. And you can tell a story in 10,000 different ways, but they're telling it that it gets the interest of people. So like I had I had friends over here last night and they were watching it and they were going and they were just watching Raw. And they and they got excited. So I said, damn. Because what happens to the talent sometimes is you get away from regular fans and you don't know how they're reacting. So when you see that now you say, Oh, okay, I got it a little more now. But see, if you're just a talent and you're not I mean, you're back in the dressing room. And, but you're not seeing how real fans at home are in a bar, how they're reacting. And I think that should be required. Uh, it should be required of some of the talent to watch real fans react to you on screen. Maybe eye-opening. Could be, could be. But we got a lot to discuss coming up. Uh, this week on Friday, we'll be back live with another live edition of Smack Talk following SmackDown, the SmackDown after WrestleMania, as well as AEW Rampage. I believe that's going to be li a live edition of Rampage and I think uh, Battle of the Bells. So I don't know if we'll be live because that means it's going to start at. That well, we have to start at midnight. So we'll probably oh do another, another pre-recorded edition of uh, Smack uh, Talk next week. But we'll be back the uh, live. Let me ask you a question. I, I want all the AEW fans to get mad at me. After seeing WrestleMania and then watching AEW, can you see the difference? Oh, of course. In, in just the production. And AEW... They think they're in a war with WWE, but to have a war, wouldn't the other side have to know there's a war going on too? They, See, they, TNA, they have WWE has acknowledged that the, it is a war. They have acknowledged that. In, in court, in free agency, not when it comes to production and on screen, I definitely agree with you. WWE is well, eight years ahead of AEW, but when you're talking about free agency and uh, the, the business model, they have acknowledged WWE that AEW is the only competition in the wrestling world that they have. That's because of a lawsuit. The lawsuit with MLW, where they had to admit that w that AEW success is the reason why they haven't done anything. So, MLW. so MLW sued them for what? Uh, basically, uh, they said they were leveraging uh, their broadcast partners to deny them opportunities. How'd that come out? Uh, they, I think it was thrown out the first time. Now they've re, redone it. And now WWE is bringing even more evidence of AEW success to prove that MLW ain't, ain't got a case. They don't have a case. I don't, I don't think. Anyway, anything else you want to talk about from WrestleMania weekend? 
no, I think that is all for now. We'll be back with another probably re-recorded edition of Smack Talk next week. Dutch, you want to let the people know where they can follow you? Well, you can follow me. I'm getting my website. I'm kind of working on it now. And you can go to the website, read old stories. I'm going to, you know, put a an updated, you know, a, a different column every week now updated to what's going on and my thoughts on that. But you can find me at Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com. And if you write me there, I usually write back. It won't be long, but 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 I acknowledge it. Hey, one second. Can you pause this tape a second? Uh, they, they'll edit it. It's fine. They'll edit it. Yeah, we're almost done too, so. Reggie, you wanted to say something about the Rick Steiner incident at WrestleCon. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yes. So, what happened at WrestleCon, uh, we have to address here. Basically, Giselle Shaw of Impact Wrestling uh, came out and said that Rick Steiner was saying derogatory comments toward her. Uh, Giselle Shaw is a openly transgendered uh, wrestler, and she said that Rick Steiner was saying some inflammatory comments, yelling at her across the room from her, where they were both doing signings for fans, calling her uh, a man, and various uh, other uh very, very poor, poor, uh, poor thought, poorly thought out words to Giselle Shaw. Yeah, Rick Steiner has uh, since been removed from the WrestleCon convention, and WrestleCon says that they will no longer be working with Rick Steiner on these events. Uh, a lot of other performers have come out to the defense of Giselle Shaw since then. But what do you think about this whole situation and being someone that has worked with Rick Steiner in the past? Well, I'm, I'm saying this. He shouldn't have done that. No matter his personal feelings. And, but that was an ugly, ugly incident. But I don't think Rick Steiner gives a crap anyway. He's always kind of, and I always got along with him. But he's... I, I wish it hadn't happened because, well, I think it makes people think of wrestling a little bit differently. And I don't know his personal feelings. And I have personal feelings on it too, but he's a, he's a guy, right, posing as a, a, a woman, transgender, and he's working with women, right? Now, I remember a time, TNA, that we couldn't even look wrong at a woman on camera. Because if you touched a woman, they would, Spike TV told us that if you even touch a woman, a male touch a woman, that they would just cancel the show. They wouldn't have canceled the show. But they had very, very strict <laughs> rules on that. And now it's all changed. So, and who knows, it might change again next week, but I don't know. Uh, for them to, to make a statement like that, uh, Russell Kahn, well, they don't need that. They, they really don't, because this is what I find out about wrestling fans. They're very accepting of almost everything, really. And when you go to a Russell Kahn event, everybody's happy. Everybody's seeing old friends old wrestlers that they haven't seen in a long time 
and everybody's having a good time. So for that to happen with Rick Steiner, very unfortunate. And I don't know, what's her name? Just Giselle Shaw. Shaw. I don't I don't know her or him or who are, whoever they are that day. Okay, but are them? It could be them. But I'm very unfortunate to happen, and uh, I'm very unfortunate that people were witness to that. So that's my comment on it. That is a fair, fair comment to make. And uh, definitely, I, I put my support towards uh, Giselle Shaw, a great performer for Impact Wrestling, someone who's really come into their own from uh, starting out on the UK independent scene. I saw her back in 2019 in Red Pro and saw the talent there. So to see her on Impact Wrestling, very glad she's there. So she's definitely got my support. But that is all for this edition of Smack Talk for Dutch Mantel. It is me, it is me, your true health phenom, SP3. We will see you next time.